Numbers chapter 32. Let's begin reading in verse number one. The Bible says, Now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of cattle. And when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, that behold, the place was the place for cattle, the children of Gad and the children of Reuben came and spoke unto Moses and to Eleazar the priest, and unto the princes of the congregation, saying, go to verse 4, The country which the Lord smote before the congregation of Israel is the land for cattle, and we have cattle. Wherefore, they said, If we have found grace in your sight, let this land be given unto your servants for possession, and bring us not over Jordan. I think this is one of the most strangest stories in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament. They said, we do not want to go over to the promise. Look at your neighbor and say, don't stop at the edge of your promise. Look at your neighbor on the other side, maybe they're awake, and say, don't stop at the edge of your promise. I'm talking about don't stop at the edge of your promise. After centuries of struggle and decades of wandering through the wilderness, finally the conquest of the promise that God had given them through Moses all the way back down to the bottoms of Egypt. God, this moment has now arrived. We have wandered, we have lost the elders, we've been through uh, all kinds of tragedy, most of them of our own doing, but now the conquest of the promised land has begun. As they were standing at the banks of the muddy Jordan, looking over into the promised land, excited and eager to go take the promise, this land that the 12 spies had told them a land flowing with milk and honey. They are excited now. We have processed this. And suddenly out of nowhere. The leaders of the tribes of Reuben and Gad. And half the tribe of Manasseh. Walk up to Moses one day. And said we have flocks. And we have families. And the place that we have been residing here. Is good for both. We think we're just going to stay here. Isn't that just the craziest thing that you've ever heard. Come on, somebody. We've been trying to get here for 40 years, and we've decided we ain't going to go. In the modern translation of that conversation, it sounds something like this. We're going to stay at the edge, but we're not going to go into the promise. We are content to end our journey here. We'll endorse the efforts of others, but we will not embrace the promise for ourselves. We're going to stay here at the edge, but not enter in to what God said was ours. Because the fact is, the fullness of God's promise is just a little bit too big to wrap our heads and our hearts around. And you know what they say? If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. I came to tell somebody today, God forbid that you do not enter into the fullness of the promises of God. Pray for somebody. I refuse to let this world shrink my soul from believing and receiving every promised blessing that God has for his people. And I'm praying today in this next 20 minutes of preaching that the Holy Ghost will invade 
this place with the overwhelming, undeniable, unmistakable revelation of just how wonderful that your God is. Don't be confused, Pastor was talking about, but he knew that there's some people this week that's had a tough week. Let me preach to you for just a minute. Don't be confused and don't be discouraged if you're going through a struggle right now, if you're having a tough time. That does not mean that there's anything wrong with you. Oh, somebody. Amen. The devil hates your guts and he's fighting you every way that you can, every way that he can. But let me tell you something. Good things ain't cheap. But if it's worth having, then it's worth fighting for. Anything in your life that is valuable is going to be attacked by the enemy. That's why we don't give up when things get hard. Come on, somebody, real pastor. You know, I tried going to the church, but it was hard. I tried living for God, but it was hard. I tried a little bit, but it was hard. Let me tell you something, friend. We have a blessed promise that says greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. There's nothing that the enemy can send your way. That is so hard, too much, too challenging, too difficult that you can't reach out your hands to the real scarred hands of Jesus Christ and keep on keeping on for God. Come on, somebody. Anywhere there is a commitment, there is going to be an adversary. But my Bible tells me in first, I feel like preaching up in here. My Bible tells me in first Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, is going to make seeking whom he may devour but uh, you can resist him in the faith uh, there's nothing that the devil's got uh, that'll cause me to stop uh, or give up or even slow down there might be some trials and there might be some tribulations but we're not going to get stuck there there might be some desert places there might be some lonely nights but I'm not going to get stuck there there may be some tears on the pillow there may be some people that hurt my feelings and there may be people that let me down but I'm not going to get stuck there this side of Jordan might be okay but this is not what God promised me God promised me a land that has everything I need and a whole lot there's nothing in the wilderness that's any better than what God's promises are. And I understand that the wilderness place, it was not all bad because in the wilderness we learn to trust in God. In the wilderness, we learn to have confidence. Come on, somebody. In the wilderness was a place of transition. In the wilderness, we had the manna to eat. And we had the cloud by day and the fire by night. And we had water in a rock. We had shoes that didn't wear out and clothes that never aged. In the wilderness, we never got sick. Come on, somebody. But see, all of those miracles were great. But all of those were just temporary. We have a lot of people that come to church. They come down the altar, repeat after me, shake the preacher's hand. I don't know what that's supposed to do. Shake the preacher's hand. And they think they're all right. Guess what, honey? There's more for you. There's more for you than just repeat after me. There's more for you than joining the church. There's more for you than just getting baptized in water. The wilderness might be a place of learning. It might be a place of transition. It might even be a place of miracles. But that's not what God didn't bring us to the wilderness. God brought us through the wilderness to take us to the promise. It's in the wilderness where Egypt gets purged out of you because I don't want to take that mess into the promised land. Come on, somebody. God has great things for you. 
ain't staying here. Hallelujah. I ain't staying here. I'm glad for where I am, but I ain't staying here. I'm glad for what I've got, but I ain't staying here. I'm glad I've ever experienced, but I ain't staying here. Come on, somebody. Amen. There's some good things in my life right now, but God's got more for me. Ten of the twelve spies came back with the report, said, yes, it's great, but we can't go. Come on, people. Oh, it's wonderful, but we can't go. We have that in the church today. We look, we look at somebody else and say, I wish I had what they had. I wish we had a big church like they had. I wish we had what? Come on, somebody. I wish they had the money that I wish I had the money that they had. I wish I had the marriage that they had. Number one, you don't know what they're going through. And number two, you don't know what kind of price you had they had to pay to get that. I wish I had some help up in here. But number three, whatever it is that you want, you can have it because God is not a respecter of persons. Try this out for just a minute. I said, God is not a respecter of persons. If you want anointing, you can have it. If you want breakthrough, you can have it. If you want increase, you can have it. Come on, somebody. If you want to be used to the gifts of the Spirit, they belong to you. Anything that you're interested in, God says it can be yours. The problem is, is we don't have desire. We're just jealous. You should have shouted me down by now. I wouldn't be getting on your toes. Come on, somebody. Come on. We get jealous. But see there, everything that God has for us is free. You can't earn it, but there is a price to pay. The reason why people never get in and stay in is because they're not hungry. They don't want the word. They're not willing to push back a plate. They don't want to come to prayer meeting. They don't want to come to Bible study. I ain't getting no help in my prison, all right? Come on. But yet we want the blessing of the Lord. Come on, somebody. The problem, the problem is, is you got to the edge of your promise, and you decided that the sacrifice was too great. You decided you didn't want to pray for an hour. You decided you didn't really want to break through. But I refuse to stand at the edge of a promise when I know that God's got something greater for me. I don't have to deny myself. I'm not preaching a cross point. I'm preaching a faith point. People to watch us later. And for all of you that want to criticize, I'm going to be preaching a faith point. It's right here. Y'all can just listen in. For all of you that want to criticize the church and criticize the pastor and criticize this and criticize that, let me tell you something, honey. Amen. God's got great blessings for you. And instead of you being distracted by the, what the preacher wore on the color of the carpet, Oh, the sound is too loud. I ain't gonna help over here. Come on, let me hear you say something. Let me help. It's gonna be critical. How about you press through the promise and press through the glory and press through the victory and press through the more than enough? I'll stomp their toes. Praise God. If you're walking around here and you're all depressed and discouraged and upset, and ready to quit? Let me tell you something. You ain't been paying attention. Amen. I know you're wondering where I'm going. Just hold on. Just take a breath on me. I'll get there. For the word that this man preaches and the worship that you have in this church and this is the church where God is doing things 
and we now grow our own building. We're getting ready to build a new one, and people are getting saved, yeah. and people yeah. are getting healed, yeah. and people are getting the Holy Ghost, yeah. and kids are coming back from church camps speaking in tongues, yeah. and all fire for God. And you want to sit here upset mad all the time? I'm telling you, you're busy looking at the wilderness and not looking at the promise. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I know I'm probably blowing out their ears, but I'm old to death. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come, come on, somebody. I don't want singers who just want to entertain. No, I don't want a pastor that loves the crowd and hates the people. I want a prophet, not a playboy. I want conviction, not condemnation. I want a praying church, not a playing church. Come on. I don't have time for powerless Pentecost. Where it's all religion but no power. More dead than alive. More dead. Come on, somebody. More wrong than right. More off than on. I don't want a church that's satisfied being on the outer fringe of his presence instead of being in the inner glory of his power. Because true seekers want real revival. True seekers want more than repeat after me. True seekers don't just make a decision. We believe in being converted. We still believe in being saved, sanctified, and Holy Ghost here. And my Bible says in Joel chapter 2 and 28, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. All men shall dream dreams, and young men shall have visions. And upon my service and my handmaidens, I'll pour out of my spirit. Brother, be sent back in the corner, cross our arms and say it's not for me. Honey, right now is the time that it's for everybody. Don't stop at the blessing border. Don't stop at the blessing border. Don't stop at the edge of your promise. I'd love to see a church that'll pray until heaven comes down and kisses the earth. I'd like to see a church that's willing to not engage in secular humanism or cancel culture or being woke, but we're engaged in the kingdom of God. Come on, we ain't going to sit back and watch. We're going to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We're going to speak in new tongues and cast out devils. I didn't come here to play church. We're not just here to do our little thing and sing our little song and shout our little shout and go home. No, we're here, amen, to win people for the cause of Christ and the glory of our God. Well, pastor, it's kind of hard right now. Well, the Bible said it would be. Yeah. Revelation 12 and 12. In the last days, Satan will come down with great wrath, knowing that he's got just a short time to work. Right. It's so hard right now. Yeah, it is hard. But how many believes that if Satan's going to increase his attack against the church, yeah. that the Holy Ghost is going to increase his glory yeah. in the church? Yeah. Because the Bible says, when the accuser of the brethren came against us, that we overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. The church, the true church, not the organization, the true church, was birthed in the upper room full of fire. 120 people come out of that room baptized with the Holy Ghost. After clothing tongues like as the fire set upon each of them, they came out of there and in 50 years, 
They evangelized the whole known world. And they didn't have a television, and they didn't have a radio, and they didn't have a Facebook on somebody. They were not birthed in a they were not birthed in a program. They were birthed in fire. They were birthed in power. They were birthed in Peter's shadow and Paul's handkerchief and Stephen's preaching and signs, wonders, and miracles. Get this. And the church that was birthed then is still alive today. What we have to be is an Isaiah 58, 12 church. They shall repair the old waste places. And they shall be called the repairers of the breach. We let some things go along the way. We got lazy along the way. Y'all ain't saying nothing. We got satisfied because we're okay. We got, we got a good church. And we got a good bank account. And we got good singing, and we got good music, and we got good chores, wings, and we got, come on, somebody, and all this stuff is good, and we got satisfied, and along the way, we forgot the fact that we had to pursue after the promises of the glory of God. The heavenly God chases in the church right now. Amen. The Bible tells me, amen, that no matter how much the enemy fights against us, we cannot ever sit back and be intimidated because Jesus said in Matthew 16, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. I ain't here for a show. I'm here for more. Shake your neighbor by the hand right now and say, I want more. Come on, come on, make him up. Say, I want more. 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 Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Somebody say that. Whatever it takes. Somebody say that. Whatever it takes. Say it like you mean it. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. If I have to tear off the roof, that's all right. If I have to dip seven times in the muddy Jordan, that's all right. If I've got to climb a sycamore tree, that's all right. If you've got to spit put mud in my eyes, that's all right. Whatever it takes. I want more. More his presence, more his power, more his glory, because I'm not satisfied. Come on. Hallelujah. I'm not satisfied. The work has already been done. The victory is ours. We have access to the glory of an unlimited God. Why would we settle for anything less? When I look at that story, it strikes me then that for me to step into the promises of God, there must be two things to connect. Two things that must connect, and that is circumstance and persistence. Say that, circumstance and persistence. Circumstance says it's beyond my ability. Persistence says it is not beyond the possibility. I can't, I cannot get what God has for me, but in persistence, with God, all things are possible. Amen. Regardless of the circumstance, and in spite of the opposition, and despite the odds, we must never cease to believe in the sovereign, supernatural ability of God. It's not too late for a miracle. It is not too late for a miracle. And the obstacles are not too great for a miracle. I don't have to put up with nothing. Horrible grammar, but it preaches good. I said, I don't have to put up with nothing. I don't have to tolerate anything. I don't have to settle. Our biggest obstacle in the church is not that we don't have enough money. 
It's not that we don't have good preachers. It's not that we don't have good music. It's not that we don't have good facilities. Our biggest obstacle in the church is the resistance to the possibility that it can happen. I know there's naysayers and thought finders and head shakers, but I'm going to tell you, we've not been called to conform to this current system of political correctness. You ain't saying nothing. I'm preaching good right now. We've not been called to adapt to a 21st century Americanized church form and schedule. Our responsibility is to please God and keep his command. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse number 1, And it shall come to pass, saith God, that if you will hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God, to observe and to do all his commandments, that the Lord will set you on high above all the nations of the earth, and all of these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you will obey the voice of your God. The supernatural and the extraordinary and, and, and the incomprehensible are among us because we're the people of faith of a great and an almighty God. See, your Bible says in Romans 4 21 that Abraham had the audacity to call those things that be not as though they were. Had the audacity to say, whatever that he could not see, as long as it was given to him as a promise, he believed it to be so. That's right, that's right. We may not know how. What is it that you're looking for? What is it that you believe in God for? Could we quit complaining about it? And quit whining about it, and quit fussing about it, and quit falling out about it, and say, Bless God, if y'all want to do something else, you can. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And furthermore, we're going to get the blessing that He promised to us. Give somebody a high five and say, It's time for the breakthrough. Come on, tell somebody, It's time for a breakthrough. Tell three people it's time for a breakthrough. Yeah.